0: I'm
1: doing very well. Is um is 18? Is that like uh I don't know five or six months five months in four months in?
0: I believe it would be yeah four months in that's crazy.
1: Let me try and do the maths.
0: Um would it be so yeah. we're recording yeah one episode per week yeah three three four oh, months wait. in wait yeah yeah damn maybe three months in crazy wow that's, that's cool what we call crazy.
1: How are you? That's how we
0: do it. I'm all good. Perfect. How are you?
1: Tell me. I'm very good. I'm old. Yes, okay.
0: you are. So for those listening, he is now officially 22. the back pain feeling, kicked in yet?
1: I'm feeling 22, as Taylor Swift said. Uh, the back pain was already there. What do you mean, kicking in? Oh, God. The back pain's been there since 16.
0: Oh, God. That's not looking
1: good. We were talking uh, b- before we came on about how 22 is such a nothing age and that's because before you have 16 which is like an event birthday you have 18 which is also an event birthday and you have 21 which is an event birthday and then i mean you were trying to make the argument that 30 is the next event birthday but yeah yeah no so really i'm gonna have to wait another 28 years until 50 until the next big birthday So I've just had three big birthdays in the last six years. Now I've got to wait 28 years. I haven't even lived 28 years. (laughs) Do you know how long that is?
0: Uh, That's crazy. 28 years is, yeah, that's long. Because if you think about it, like right now, obviously you're 22 and 21, but we aren't actually 22 and 21. Like I personally don't remember being five years old. I don't remember being six years old. I remember properly living with a mature mind since maybe like 16, maybe 15. Um,
1: Since since 21. Yeah. (laughs) So you're one years old.
0: uh, Basically I am. But yeah, do you know what I mean? I only remember having or dealing with the real world since like 15, 16. so realistically if you think about it before that you're still a kid you're just in your own world it's this and that but as you said 28 years of just being an adult that's crazy that is that is a long long time however when you
1: are 50 you're gonna be like that was quick well i can't speak for you champ but i'm still not living in the real world so i don't know what the fuck you're talking about
0: of course, of course. We're of course. getting there. Soon slowly. we'll all be living in, in the metaverse or the
1: Appleverse.
0: Do they have a name? Do they have a name for it?
1: The Apple one? No, they don't. Um, they need a name. Yeah. Speaking of uh, Meta and yeah. Mark Zuckerberg, did you see him make a katana the other day?
0: Mark Zuckerberg made a katana.
1: He was in, I think he was in Japan and he was making a katana and yeah. this sword master was holding it as it came out of the fire. And I think I think he hammered the swordmaster's hand. <laughs> I'm pretty sure because he recoiled and he made a noise.
0: Oh, that's funny.
1: Yeah. Uh it was really awkward to watch. But at the same time, it's pretty cool. You know, if you had all that money, that is that is something that you would do. Just like, fuck it. I'm gonna go and make a sword in Japan.
0: That that is pretty cool to be fair. Like looking back at technology, it's crazy how in terms of weaponry we've evolved because if you think about it if you go down yeah since even we were cavemen our best weapon was okay let's find out the pointiest thing we can which would penetrate the skin that's a weapon yeah. let's do this uh so they get like a piece of wood they'd get like a broken tree they'd just be like okay that's a spear let's do this and then it essentially went like okay well there's this thing here which we call metal whatever you use now how could we get this to look very pointy let's melt it let's put it in a mold and there you go we have a new weapon and we've gone all the way from that to weapons of which now you could sit in let's say antarctica pick a location anywhere in the map and it will drop like a pointed weapon on the specific spot it's crazy
1: this is just making me, when you were talking about melting the metal, I was just thinking of Game of Thrones. And when uh, Jason Momoa pours a melted gold pot of metal on, I think, Viserys Targaryen's head and just completely melts his body.
0: That's actually crazy. That's that's probably one of the worst ways to die as well. Like, if you think uh, about it, that's probably the worst way to die. Now, I know the Vikings used to do it viciously a similar concept more viciously
1: in what what would they do
0: so they would melt the iron whatever there is metal yeah. iron gold whatever and then they'd open the individual's mouth and pour it in their throat oh that's a lot worse oh that is just
1: horrible yeah
0: that's one of the that's one of the thing and then the other one was the blood eagle i believe I may be getting the name wrong, but I think it's called the Blood Eagle where they'll just have the person sitting down and their hands basically tied to the side. Yeah. And what they do is they cut the spinal open and they pull their skin to both sides.
1: Oh, I know what you mean. Yep.
0: Yeah. Take the rib cage out, take the lungs out. And during this process, the individual's still alive. So they're not dead. So they'll die towards the end.
1: But it's very painful. Have you seen a horror film called Midsommar?
0: i know it but i haven't seen it
1: uh there's not a scene where you see this happening but there is a scene where you see that this has happened to someone um i I can't really say more than that because it would be a spoiler who that person is but it's just one of those freakish moments i think the camera just cuts away you know for like five seconds because you you wonder what's happened to this character and then that's happened to them and i think they're they're in like a chicken shed. So you've just got like chickens clucking around them and they're just there uh, hanging. Yeah,
0: yeah, that's bad. That's, that's probably a painful, painful death. Or the other one, the ancient... um, I think they used to do it in ancient Greece or maybe in Rome. They used to basically put this individual inside a cow's belly or like a, not an actual cow, like a cow made of metal, like a bull made of metal. They would put this person inside that uh, And then they put that on top of a fire. So it would essentially get so hot and the person inside is inside of the metal frame. Yeah. So you can imagine how hot it gets and essentially the individual dies.
1: Well, Leonardo DiCaprio got on a horse's belly and he won an Oscar for The Revenant. So you don't <laughs> always die from it.
0: That's, that's true. I still haven't seen that film, by the way what yeah it's i know you've seen it multiple times i know my dad's seen it multiple times oh of course he has great film apparently according to you and him uh but no like i see hear me out i watched um 10 to 15 minutes of it oh it wasn't it it just
1: It's a dad film
0: it is a dad film that's what i'm saying
1: just like top gun and top gun maverick are dad's films so is The Revenant. Well, be fair.
0: The Revenant is just, it was It was good. I mean, obviously, I didn't finish it, so I can't really comment on it. And I didn't even watch enough to give an opinion on it. But it just wasn't like, okay, let's sit down and finish this three-hour film. Because, like, the first 15 minutes was very appealing. No, like, was that the one that they weren't even speaking English? I think they were speaking a different language, or they weren't even talking.
1: Yeah, some of it was Native American.
0: Yeah, Exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's just not it, is it?
1: But you missed the scene where Leonardo DiCaprio fights a bear. I did. I did. Come on, man.
0: I believe I've seen that though, because that the moment you just said that, I just knew it. Yeah. I believe I've seen that. Whether it was on YouTube or X, but
1: even even if people haven't seen it, they know of that scene.
0: That yeah, probably. I mean, it's probably because it's Leonardo DiCaprio. Let's be honest. If it was like, uh zach efron you wouldn't have known it that much
1: well that's well exactly that's actually basically how he won his oscar they just went around all awards season they said come on man he fights a bear (laughs) just give him the oscar like he should have had a few already he just he fights a bear come on
0: (laughs) and it's actually crazy to be fair when you look at the cgi um it's very difficult when they have to act in front of nothing basically. Because obviously he's not fighting a bear in real life. It's probably like a tennis ball on top of a metal bowl or something. Or connected Oh, I to don't it. know,
1: man. He he wanted that Oscar pretty bad. I think he thought <laughs> he did fight a real bear. Uh,
0: if it was Tom Cruise, he probably would have.
1: Tom Cruise hasn't won an Oscar.
0: Has he not? No. That's crazy. He should just get an Oscar for just risking his life for every single oh, film.
1: For sure. If there was like... If there was an Oscar for that, or like even like the craziest stunt, he'd have he'd have quite a few.
0: Yeah, that's that's crazy. Is there no Oscar for like the craziest stunt?
1: No, no. Although they they are, they they're they're considering adding in one for stunts in general, which I think is a good thing because that's such a big thing of films, especially like action films. So, but yeah, there's there's nothing there's no Oscars to do with stunts, which is pretty crazy.
0: I agree. I think they should add one because these people who do these stunts they're essentially risking their lives and a lot of them are just unknown
1: because at the end of the
0: day you end up seeing the face of your actor or actress in the movie anyway, so you think okay it's him doing it. Yeah. But the actual person risking his or her life is just unrecognized. So they they deserve that. They deserve the shine.
1: Stunts like can be just as important as, you know, like costume design or makeup and there's an oscar for makeup and costume design so there should be one for stunts as well
0: exactly if not they're probably more important in some cases because with some stuff you really can't make it cgi like yeah. it's just you, you can just tell um now with tom cruise though it's crazy have you seen that one where um I don't exactly know which film it's from, but it's the one where he's just running on top of the roof and then he jumps from one building to another and he just, like, breaks his ankle.
1: Yeah, I think that's Mission Impossible Fallout. And they actually, yeah, they kept the clip in where he breaks his ankle. He breaks it and then he carries on running.
0: Yeah, because they only recorded it one time. Like, that was the first go and he actually did it but he broke his ankle and then he limped off. If you see like the last couple of seconds, he's just limping. Yeah. That's crazy, man. Crazy. Like what, why? The craziest one, I think we talked about this. The craziest one was where we're just hanging off a plane. That's just
1: madness. Did you bring that up last week or the week before? I
0: think I did. That's yeah, just that madness. One's,
1: that one's ridiculous. But even the one in, um, in Dead Reckoning, the film that came out last year, where he's on the motorbike and he goes off the mountain. Yes, or is it crazy the cliff or the mountain, something like that? It's
0: it's, it's a mountain, and then he uses a parachute, or not even a parachute, is it one of those? I think it was uh, parachute. Um, no, I think it's one of them ones which you wear, and then you just open your hands, and it's like there's wings there. Do you know uh, what ones I'm talking about?
1: Yeah, yeah, like hand sailing, yeah, yes, it was one
0: of them. One, but any of them, any of them, it's still crazy because for someone who pulls that off okay if you're jumping on like a straight save environment fair enough it's still difficult but you're jumping somewhere where firstly professionals need training to do anyway and you're not a professional in the first place you're an actor and you're like nearly 50 or maybe even older than 50 oh no
1: tom cruise is in his 60s now
0: oh no way yeah that's crazy he does not look 60 or above
1: Plastic surgery, man. <laughs> you can tell now. You can tell now. Come on, Tom. Embrace your age.
0: Come on, come on. He's a he's a legend, though. But yeah, he, he deserves it. He deserves that Oscar for risking his life. Same with. I believe Keanu Reeves did his own stunts for the last John Wick film.
1: He does them for all of them. Did he? Yeah. Well, John Wick intense.
0: wasn't that intense to be honest. In terms of stunts, it was mostly physical combat rather than. Oh, besides from him jumping off of a four-story building and then just walking off. Or falling
1: uh, down a million flights of stairs in John Wick 4.
0: Yeah, uh, all that. Which, that's, you know, John Wick, they kind of messed it up, man. John Wick 1 was so good. John Wick 1 with, 2 was so good. And that was a downfall. That was oh, a flop.
1: I'd... Financially, no. I think... Is it probably the worst one? Yes, but I actually I want to go back and rewatch it. Because... I just, at the time, I thought, okay, this is really long, but I was enjoying it. I just didn't like the ending, but I think if I go back and watch it, you know what a good thing to do, actually, is to watch all of them in order, because you're Mm. right, John one's really good, but it's completely different. It's quite a small story. It's quite a basic story, right? His dog gets killed, so he goes and kills everyone. That's it. And then it grows and grows and grows. Um, I think that's actually a really good idea to go back and watch them all in order.
0: That's probably like the best way to understand it, to be fair, because it's like you see this person slowly coming out of retirement, essentially, and then just going on a rampage.
1: And you know what? They like the time frame in which those films take place is not that far after where his dog got killed. Like it's actually quite a short amount of time. It's not like, because we're waiting multiple years for the next John Wick film, like in his world, it might have just been a few hours or a day. Yeah, yeah,
0: exactly. So it's just after he gets back into the game, pretty much.
1: Imagine if it Uh, all takes place in one week. That's crazy.
0: That's the craziest week in the history of humanity, I guess. (laughs) That's crazy. I'll tell you a film which doesn't get as much attention as John Wick does, though. It's as good as John Wick, if not arguably better though i don't think it's better go on equalizer come on the equalizer is as good as john wick one if not better and it's just not getting as much attention
1: no i think i think john wick is better but i think with the equalizer denzel washington Mm -hmm. is better than john wick the character so i don't know what his character's called in the equalizer but i actually know i think it's robert mccall um but Denzel Washington's so good in those films. I still haven't seen the third one yet, by the way.
0: Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen the third one. The third one just came out, didn't it? It came out this summer,
1: I believe. Yeah, and it did very well. So that, we like to see that. Oh, did it? Yeah, I remember my my uh, my one of my, my Iranian barber. He loves action films, <laughs> and he was very excited for The Equalizer. It was sort of like seeing my dad also excited for The Equalizer 3. Um, but I never saw it in the cinemas, just because that's the type of film i'd watch at home
0: is that the same barber which just opens the shop whenever he feels like it
1: yeah the one who's in every day of the week but then you sometimes turn up on a tuesday morning and he's just not in (laughs) but he tells you he's in all week
0: oh what a legend and have you still only been talking about films because i remember every single time you come back from your barber you're like we just had a great conversation about this film and that show
1: we either talk about film or yeah. we talk about his fiance and oh, him going on holiday but yeah usually just film
0: that's amazing just talking about his fiance that's
1: yeah. brilliant i mean i that's think so she i mean I, I don't know if this is true i think she still lives back home in iran so you know he's oh. always always trying to go back and visit her
0: why doesn't she come here
1: i think there was an issue with a visa hey. um, but i'm not okay. sure
0: Okay, no, I know, I know, I know. That's understandable.
1: I can't can't speak on his behalf. That's understandable.
0: What a legend he is, though. Poor guy.
1: I have a question for you. Tell me. Have you ever reloaded film into a camera?
0: I have never done that.
1: Have you? Before we started recording, I just did it. It's so cool.
0: (laughs) What's the process like? Tell me.
1: You buy a packet of film, and in that packet of film... so i was talking to you this but before about this so i've got a polaroid now camera Mm -hmm. um and the packets of film come either eight sheets or 16 okay you turn the camera on you open the film slot you insert it in you click it you shut the film slot and then it pushes like this this thing out because you're not allowed to expose the film to any light so when you open the pack it's like it's it's wrapped in silver foil and then when you open the silver foil it's got like a black case around it mm-hmm. and so once you put the film in you clip it shut it then ejects the black case and then you're ready oh. to go. but it's so cool man i mean it's it's expensive because you're paying 15 pounds for eight photos but
0: yeah. well you really have to make sure it's a good photo that's oh, the only thing that's with true
1: it. yeah i haven't taken that- any yet
0: different sizes as well in terms of how big the picture is or yeah only i think a certain size
1: i think that depends i mean i'm not sure i need to do research but i feel like that depends on the camera because each camera has a different type of film to put in if that makes sense yeah but um, yeah it's a cool experience
0: and do you only charge the polaroid or like you put batteries in
1: uh it, it charges yeah
0: Okay. 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 But like, how often are you going to use it? And is there going to be s- so specific occasions which you whip it out and you use those photos?
1: I might whip it out this week at Bohemia.
0: Ah, I see what you did there. Yeah. I see what you did there. So would that be the first or second?
1: I don't know because I haven't taken a photo yet. So if a situation arises before then where I, where I have a good photo to take, then I'll do it. I thought I might I might take a test one, but then I thought, actually, no, I'm not going to waste it. Um, yeah. It's really cool, though. It's really cool. That is cool. pretty cool, to be fair.
0: That is, that is pretty cool. And what do you do the moment it comes out? Do you just have to, like, mo- shake it for the photo to show up?
1: Apparently, you don't shake it. It says, put it upside down in a dark place.
0: But, like, if you're in the middle of a
1: party, let's say. Put it down uh... on a surface and just leave it there. <laughs>
0: i'm just imagining you let's say in the middle of a festival where there's like a thousand
1: people yeah just on the floor and you're like give me some space i need to put this on the floor it's all, move back you need to man it's all about the quality of the photo you don't want to jeopardize any of that that's amazing
0: that's <sighs> actually
1: amazing shout out, out shout out to my partner for getting me this but um it's a dangerous thing to buy because now i'm really interested in researching cameras and film and stuff and that's just not good for my bank account so what have you done I'm predicting by the time we get to episode
0: uh, 50 so Josh and you're going to be spending 2k on cameras
1: no I can resist I can resist don't worry yeah also I, I don't have the space for it so it wouldn't be logical but I'd need to I mean you can get different types of film you can get black and white film that's so cool. Oh, can you? Yeah.
0: Wait. So you can only take snaps or so only photos. You can't actually record anything, can you?
1: No, just photos on that film. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see, I see, I see. Is there
0: like a reload time? Let's say you take a photo. Does it print it off straight away, or does I'm it take sure. some time? You know, to it's gonna
1: have to be. Um, it's gonna have to be trial and error. I'm gonna have to use it and find out. I
0: see what you did there. So on Saturday, you're most likely be doing a trial and error. If I have Hopefully, the camera no error.
1: bag. If I have it, well, yeah, hopefully no error. But if I have the camera yeah. bag, then yeah.
0: But does it not come with a bag?
1: No, that's why I was uh, researching it before to buy one. Oh.
0: oh, I think we're just looking at cases as in like the one that just goes on top of it.
1: No, no, literally like a bag with a strap so I can wear it over my shoulder.
0: Oh, okay. Okay. See. And by the way, yes, it. Um, uh, Polaroid was the one that Lady Gaga used to be the CEO, but not anymore. Really? Yeah, yeah, I don't even know why, but she was probably just for the name.
1: Why was she CEO of Polaroid?
0: Well, just probably bringing attention
1: based on the name
0: because obviously it's a big name.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. That's weird. What a disaster. Oh, she was, yeah. Creative director. Cool. Right. Yeah. Wow. So
0: I remember Ye talking about Kanye West. He was saying how like people do marketing really well these days. And he was just saying, like, okay. I like I like Lady Gaga, but what the fuck does she know about cameras? Like
1: Fair enough. That's (laughs) true. Exactly,
0: that's true. He's not wrong. But then again,
1: what does he know about shoes? That's very true. Well, Mm -hmm. according to Adidas not a lot because they booted him out. But anyway.
0: They did. And they're apparently selling the rest of the stock they had.
1: What discounted or full
0: price? probably full price because it would just be robbery if they sell it discounted
1: didn't he launch his own has he got a new brand now
0: he did i don't exactly know what it's called but um Well does
1: it even have a name
0: it's just like it's probably like yay or something like that um but it's probably like i mean the one i saw is like basically like a sock you just like it's like a pair of socks you just put them on like that's basically it but it's a shoe it's not actually
1: socks. Oh, okay. Well that's interesting.
0: Yeah, I believe Donald Trump has had merch as well, which is amazing. Like he started selling merch with his own mugshot.
1: So yeah, from my understanding, there was a court ruling against Donald Trump, uh, really? saying that he got a big fine and that he couldn't start he couldn't own a business in New York for a certain amount of years. And yeah. it was a really heavy fine. And then, either on the same day or the next day he launches his own sneaker or trainer collection,
0: yeah, yeah,
1: so yeah, I mean, you gotta pay off the fine somehow,
0: exactly, and he started selling shirts with his mock shot on it, yeah, it's just smart, it's business,
1: why not well, that's been a that's been a long introduction. Shall we actually get into talking about some topics? Let's do this, all right, did you? Have a look at the highlights or watch the Carabao Cup final. I did. What a match. Controversial. Well, it was controversial in the sense that if you're a Chelsea fan, you're going to be extremely disappointed because Liverpool won 1-0. Um, and this was, in a sense, a full strength Chelsea team although you can't really say that it's a strong team because, I mean, if you've been following them the last two years, they're a bit of a shambles. Um, and Liverpool fielded a bunch of youngsters. I mean, by the time the final whistle went, their average squad was age was 22, which is pretty remarkable. I mean, they had a lot of first-team players out on injury. I didn't even know this going in, but, you know, Mohamed Salah, Darwin Nunez, big players, big players. Trent Alexander-Arnold, just out, just gone. I don't know what what happened over the past few weeks there. Um, but it was an incredible, incredible victory. And I saw the end of the second half and extra time. And during that second half, Chelsea were looking the more dominant team. Um, they were threatening really well. I don't know how they actually didn't score a goal. And then suddenly, by the time extra time came they completely flipped. I mean, they were, to to, to sort of paraphrase Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher, who were doing the commentary, they, they sort of shrunk on the occasion. It was too much for them, um, which is why Gary Neville called them the billion pound bottle jobs. Because, I mean, this was going to be your best opportunity to win a trophy when your squad is this much and your club is this much in disarray as Chelsea has been over the past two years against the Liverpool side who whilst play very good football and a very strong team and have won a lot of trophies over the past few years they're pretty much fielding half their team of players who have no top level experience and you've mm-hmm. got a squad of yes okay the squad doesn't gel together but they're still players with experience you know Enzo Fernandez, the 100 million pound man in Chelsea's midfield. Won the World Cup a year ago, so that that's like the best experience you can have in football. Um, yeah, and yeah, I mean, Klopp's kids just deservedly beat Chelsea in the end because Chelsea was so poor in that extra time. Um, and I mean, it's perfect for Jurgen Klopp because he's leaving at the end of this season after nine years at Liverpool. And what a what a trophy to win! Sort of, you know, with that next era of Liverpool players. So, mm-hmm. what did you think?
0: Well, as you said, it's crazy how they changed because f- whoever watched that game, it was so like it was literally there. Like they they had the game. Obviously they weren't dominating the whole match. I think their first goal wasn't offside. Well the only goal wasn't offside to be honest. That looked very controversial. Um even though they used the VAR, it still didn't really convince me that it's offside. Close. It was a very close goal, which actually speaking of that I would like to talk about the offside rules because it's a bit confusing, but the game itself, Chelsea looked in control, I'd say, Um, obviously not fully dominating the game, but yeah, the moment the extra time came, it's like, you take the gas tank away from them, you take the drive away from them, you're like, okay, well, extra time means we lost, like they went into that extra time with the mindset of they've already lost. It kind of felt like they were given like a transcript beforehand saying like this is the script you're meant to lose now it's like how how could you just switch like that it doesn't really make sense um the game itself was entertaining to be fair and this was as you said one of the best opportunities for chelsea because to consider that you're playing against essentially a bunch of kids people who are younger than me people are yeah. younger than you and there's five six of them on the pitch and they're the one who are helping the other team win uh whilst you have all these experienced players on the other side it it's crazy like does it really mean that experience takes over let's say youth in football i don't even know but they were playing great it's just i don't know what made them just change
1: yeah it was it, it was just very strange to see a team who for that past or that last 20 minutes of full time, were very dominant, quite unlucky not to score. There was a period where Chelsea had, you know, like six shots within a 30-second interval, and it somehow didn't go in the back of the net. And then suddenly you go to extra time, and it's like, what well, you've just... It's like you've accepted defeat. Um, yeah. And even after... So Virgil van Dijk scored at the 118th minute so there was two minutes left of extra time even then there was no reaction it was like okay liverpool have won you know when you're playing a really quality team and it's a really quality final you're still going to have that fight right to the final whistle yeah and yet with chelsea like we were saying you know this is their best opportunity to win silverware this year this season they just there was no effort there and okay yeah the the carbeo cup is not it's it's the smallest major if you even want to call it that major trophy in english top flight football but it's it is still a title nonetheless and for a team who have been in disarray and haven't won any silverware since since 2021 um which was coincidentally the last major silverware they won was the champions league which is you know the biggest trophy in club football so fair play on that on that sense but um Yeah, to to have this opportunity against Klopp's kids, so to speak, and to to blow it like they did. And you've got players all over the pitch. You know, they've spent 100 million here, 80 million there, 115 million on another midfielder. They're a billion pound squads and they they just don't look it. And I don't really understand it because I watched quite a bit of Chelsea at the start of the season and you could see the potential there. Of course it was a bunch of new players, expensive players, but all new players and you want to give them time to gel. Um, and that was sort of the excuse back then. It was like, okay, they're playing really good football, but they just haven't gelled yet. But then suddenly there was just this drop in quality. It was like, oh, they've given up. And in those in those moments where, okay, you're playing good but you're not getting the results, all you need to do is keep doing what you've been doing and the goals will come and the results will come. But for whatever yeah. reason, they've just dropped off now. It's like Oh, yeah, the results are not coming, and now you know we're we're not going to give our all or we're we're not going to make that effort anymore and I'm sure they are making that effort. that's probably unfair, but it just you can just see that drop in quality for whatever reason they just can't they can't put the ball in the back of the net, which is the number one rule of football, as Michael Owen said, the team that usually scores the most goals wins the football game, very wise words because that is how football <laughs> works but yeah, I mean, come on, Chelsea, sort yourselves out.
0: I mean, the th- the thing you mentioned when you said uh, it's like they were doing great in the last twenty minutes, and then all of a sudden something switched. Uh, there is one thing which mostly happens in individual sports rather than team sports, where um, let's say it's tennis, or let's say it's golf, let's say it's boxing, where one individual is going head to head with this other uh, with the opponent. And they're like, okay, for the next 10 minutes, 10 minutes left for this 10 minutes, I'm going to give it my, all. I'm going to perform the best to my best ability. I'm going to be motivated. I'm going to actually give everything I have. And then they do that. Not necessarily. Oh, they're tired. Not that, but after that, if they don't succeed, if they don't get what they want out of it, they can go like, well, I gave it my best. I can't beat that. So as long as I just make it to the end, that's a moral victory for me. So maybe that's what happened to Chelsea where they tried their best and they just realized, okay, they are not going to score. But then again, when it's, when it's a team sport, and as you said, this is not just any team, this is a billion pound team, which I believe right now is one of, if not the most expensive team in the premier league, uh, it's crazy. Like, okay, let's say one individual loses motivation, two individuals lose their motivations. Where they go, like, well, we just tried. We we can't score. Let's just accept it. They're gonna win. Let's just hope we get them or Let's just hope we get them in penalties. Um, that's that's not how it works. I can't see how every single player can just change like that. And as you said, even after they they won a receiving end of a goal, it, it wasn't like, okay, hurry up, let's put the ball back in the middle. Hurry up, let the goalkeeper run all the way to the other side. Let's do this. We still have two minutes. It was like okay, well, let's just get a moral victory by finishing this.
1: Yeah, but of course, you know, the fans don't look at it that way. You know, the player might look at it and go, okay, I need to get that moral victory. You know, me me finishing is is enough for me. But the fans are not, not going to care. All the fans care about is is getting that result and getting that trophy. But I think, mm-hmm. you know, at the same time, I don't think it's entirely fair for us to be super critical on Chelsea, even even though that we should be because it's a billion pound squad. I mean, definitely is one of the most expensive, if not the most expensive squads in the Premier League and probably in world football as well. Um, you've got to give credit to Liverpool and how they responded in that extra time. And I think what it was was a combination of, yes, Chelsea giving up, but actually those fresh legs coming on because you know, they had five or six Liverpool players on the pitch who were below the age of, you know, 22 by the final whistle. Um, And a lot of those were substitutes. So having those fresh legs and that fresh energy, I think really helped Liverpool because, like I was saying before, they were very sluggish at the end. Um, And it's just, it's, it's like a watershed moment because I think it's important because you've got, like I was saying before, you've got Jurgen Klopp leaving at the end of the season. He's won eight trophies in nine years and he could win three more trophies by the end of this season. So who knows what his his tally will be by then. But I think what's nice is it's gloomy in the sense that he's going because he's a legend for the club. But he's now won this major piece of silverware with quite a few young players. And that will give the fans hope for the future, because, of course, yes, Liverpool's a massive team uh, and they can bring in lots of top players But it's also nice to think, ah, we have our we have our own next generation of players coming through from our academy. And that's really nice to see them get their first silverware. So props to Liverpool.
0: Yeah, I mean, fair play to them. And as you said, it's promising. Like if you have all these teenagers essentially winning the trophy for you, even though, as you said, it's not a significant trophy it's just banking the exper- experiment, experience for them. And you'll just know down the line there'll be experienced players, they're still young. Because see, there's one thing to be an experienced player and be old and be an experienced player and be young. You could have all the experience a 40-year-old player has when you're 25, when you're 26, or you can have it all by the time you're 40. Um, so there's one thing to hit your prime whilst having all these experiences. So that's something that um, it's good for the future of football,
1: not just Liverpool.
0: Uh, and I think it's something you're probably going to see more where just teams have all these younger players playing for them.
1: Yep. And shout out to Jarrell Quanter, who was one of those young players who came on. Um, he came on, I believe, in extra time for Liverpool. I believe he's a centre-back playing alongside Virgil van Dijk. He, I just thought he was really impressive. You know, someone, he's 21 years old and he was just playing with such confidence. His first touch of the ball, he was being shut down by a Chelsea player and he just does a creep turn on him. Right, right, where well, the player's right in front of him, calm as you like, just turns on that player and then passes it out. So you can already see, see that experience coming in. And like you said, it's not just good for Liverpool, it, it's good for football in general when these young players get opportunities um
0: yeah I agree I mean and there's one thing with football which people don't really un- understand and I don't want to say understand people underestimate is the physicality of it where you put like a 21 year old guy or a 20 year old guy against like a 30 year old man they're not going to have that man strength like a lot of people think that's a myth but that's actually not a myth yeah like by the time let's say you're 26 27 that's when you have just quote-unquote man strength, and that would actually make a significant difference to the way you play, to the way you just do everything. Um, So if I play to them for even physically competing with this guy, not necessarily in terms of stamina-wise or how fast they run, but in terms of just the physicality, in terms of just the wrestling, the grappling, the pushing, all of that.
1: Good stuff. Well, shall we move on? continue to talk about sports but talk about the impact that Netflix has had on sport I know this was something that you wanted to talk about specifically with the new release of Drive to Survive I think it's season six now isn't
0: it yeah yeah I believe season six just came out and I believe Drive to Survive was the first um obviously season one was was the first series which Netflix did around sports and actually how the season was and it was very successful for them
1: well, not just have you seen it? Well, not just for Netflix. No, I haven't seen it. But from my understanding, it was it had a huge impact globally. And F1 has become mm-hmm. massive as a result. I mean, of course, it was already very big, but it's just gone into the stratosphere. Um, And I'm I'm annoyed. I, I do want to watch it. And I've always wanted to watch it. I just never got around to it. And now we're at a stage where it's six seasons in. uh, And I don't know if I should start at the latest season or go all the way back i'm not sure what to do there
0: yeah so i'm actually in a similar situation where i wanted to watch it but then i didn't because okay do i really want to watch it from where it is now or go all the way back um and that's actually one thing we wanted to talk about not just okay this is good for netflix but how much of a difference it makes to the sport now i we, we have a mutual friend who really likes formula one and he's been telling me how since this series dropped on Netflix, it, like the sport of Formula One just changed. Like the amount of fans, the amount of new eyes, like the amount of attention the sport got, uh, the fan base, it all just changed and for it better to be fair. Um, and that's crazy to think how, let's say Netflix, which doesn't necessarily have anything to do with sports. They're just movies and entertainment uh can make such a significant difference to sport whether it's formula one. I believe they've done golf, they've they done tennis, they have. They've done baseball.
1: I haven't seen that one.
0: And no not baseball. Sorry. American football. Is it American? They have,
1: football?
0: yep. Yeah, American football and Formula
1: One. So uh
0: I think these four,
1: yeah. So I've seen the golf one, which is called Full Swing. Um And, you know, what it what it does, I assume it's very similar to Drive to Survive. It follows a certain amount of golfers over the over the season. So that would include all the majors and, you know, the biggest trophies. And you don't just have top players. You also have players who are lower down in the rankings. And that is the same with the tennis one, which I actually just finished season two recently. And that follows the players over the four majors, but also, you know, the other big trophies, too. And in there, you have, you know, you have your top players. I think Carlos Alcaraz was in season two, but you also have players who are on the rise like Ben Shelton, who started off the season, you know, in the hundreds in terms of world ranking and ended it in the top 50. So you see players rise. There's there's a nice narrative arc. And then there's also the NFL one, uh, which was called Quarterback, which I really enjoyed, man. Um, and it followed three quarterbacks from three different NFL franchises over the NFL season. Um, yeah, that was a good one. I highly recommend you watching that. So I think what, what it does fundamentally is it, it provides more eyeballs on your sport because now whenever there's a golf major on, I will, you know, always check in and see how it's going in terms of tennis. I'm always looking in you know, see how people are doing in not just the major tournaments, but also tour tournaments and with quarterback. It's mm. sort it's made me unfortunately it's made me a Minnesota Vikings fan who we're not we're not the best team. <laughs> um I don't know if we've ever been to a Super Bowl. So that's where we're at. But you know what? You gotta stick with your team, man. I didn't I didn't pick the top team. I didn't pick the Kansas City Chiefs who have won three Super Bowls in the last four years. That's not me. I stuck with the Minnesota Vikings, and that's because of something like this, which came out on Netflix. So it does bring fans to different sports, and that's I think that's why it's a good thing. But there's also negatives. There's no doubt there's negatives as well.
0: Um, Yeah, I mean, surely there's negatives. But as you said, one thing they do great is, okay, they're not just saying, this is the sport, that's how the sport works, there we go. What they do is they go around and they follow these athletes, let's say, not necessarily the next generation of athletes they go around and they'd be like okay well this player is towards the rare end of his career or her career and he's just seeing if he could if he has that that passion still that one more go, he has it in him or not um he has his family this is his life this is his hobby and he's still motivated to prove he's the best this and that and then on the other hand they have episodes on okay this is an inexperienced player who's just on the big league this is his opportunity this is his time to shine let's see how he performs so it doesn't necessarily introduce you to the sport but also introduces you to all these players which makes you be like okay well maybe this sport isn't that great but that guy's cool this female's cool let's follow them let's be a fan of them um so it's both good both for the athletes and and the actual sport now I don't know what other sports they could do which are underappreciated. I don't know, actually. What sports do you consider underappreciated?
1: Hmm, I think you could probably do one on cricket. I think you could probably do one on rugby. But then maybe I'm... But cricket is the most watched sport, though, is it not? Yeah, maybe I'm underselling that because, I mean, personally, from, from, like what I know of you and my other friends. I don't know anyone who watches cricket or rugby, but that's not to say that they don't have massive fan bases. But, you know, I I guess the point of a documentary series on those sports would be to try and bring us in and to become fans of them. So they could still do that. Um, But you could also have something like beach volleyball or netball, for example, if you wanted to. So you can really do anything do you know what i want from him go on i would like a series on
0: iced hockey oh okay come on that's so cool did you see that clip the other day from two i believe it was either american or these people from canada i'm not too sure where the players because back in the old day that's what they used to do where they'd have beef they'd just punch each other out i oh, really when it was just one of the beef. and that, that's what they do and in this, in this one, they're like, okay, these two players have beef. Let's—they're gonna try and settle it. So these two just take their gloves off, and the camera goes on them, and it's so funny because like it's like it brings up their weight and their height. Oh, really? And they're like, this is his weight. That's his weight. Let's see who wins this. And they just grab each other's shirt and they're like punching with the other hand nonstop until one of them goes down, and the fans go mad, and no one's trying to stop them. Like that's how they used to settle it back in the old days, and I love how they stuck to that tradition rather than being like okay no we don't do that anymore like what they did is just th- these two players i'm not too sure exactly what team they play for but they just they just size each other up they just take their gloves or whatever they wear off and then they're like they circle around each other for a bit the camera switches to them they're like okay let's see who wins this guy's like six four this guy's six one this guy's like 250 pound this guy's 200 200 pound let's see bang there they go and you see like a bell ringing as well like you hear it in the background <laughs> And the commentators are just there watching and enjoying and the fans are going crazy. I love it. It's crazy how they stuck to that tradition. Yeah,
1: you know what? I think I've heard of this before and you wouldn't think that they would still have something like that in there. But, you know, if it's a tradition of the sport um, and if it's something that is entertaining and clearly from what you've been saying, they've been milking it for entertainment value. So fair enough. I mean, they must have if, if they've got like the weight and stuff and they've got a ding ding like ready, they must yeah they must have everything prepared for every single player for the eventuality that they get into a fight
0: yeah yeah exactly i like when i when i watched this clip i was like surely this is stage like definitely like because the way like it all started the way they started circling each other and the camera switched to them i was like okay this is not real like this is like probably for entertainment purposes like they're gonna hug at the end and it's this and that and then i see them starting punching i'm like oh wow they're actually pretty good because they not hit- surely they're not hitting each other, but it, l- it looks very realistic, and then they end up stopping, and this guy's eyes bleeding, his nose bleeding, and he has like a swollen eye. I'm like, oh shit, they actually were punching. So I go back and I watch it again, and I'm like, oh, this is mad. I love it. Do
1: they carry on playing after?
0: Yeah, yeah, they continued playing. Damn,
1: those guys are but tough. At least
0: you just settled their beef. Like, they just shook each other's hand. They're like, okay, let's get back to it.
1: Those guys are tough. You can ima- you could not imagine that happening to football players. I mean, they get tapped and they're on the floor rolling around.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of... I Actually, I sent you the clip on Instagram just now. You could actually watch it. But regarding football players, yeah, I think the safety... Obviously, safety of the players is very important. Very, very important. But I think the referees are too soft. I like to see harsher referees in football. Like, I understand if someone, someone's, like, pushing you, you go down. But are you really, like, out cold? Do you really need to hold your ankle and roll for, like, five minutes on the floor just to prove you're hurt? Like, you're not hurt. Come on. Like, you're a top athlete. You're in probably top 1% when it comes to athleticism. You're the best shape of your life most likely compared to other like compared to an average human being uh surely that one push is not going to do anything to you you're a strong person when you think of all these other sports like martial arts women wrestling basketball where like they just have non-stop contact and they just continue playing it's just it's just funny like come on stop the act
1: i could not imagine this scenario happening in football these guys are fucking going for it i mean they're throwing more punches than a heavyweight bout
0: yeah literally do you see how they just take everything off they're sizing each other off the weight comes off on the top of the screen oh my god i love it this is amazing i like to see a series on this one thing i love is how they just stuck to the tradition rather than being like and you see the referee just next to them just watching who's gonna win this fight it's amazing i love it. it
1: pops up with their height and their weight Six foot seven, <laughs> exactly. two hundred and forty pounds, six foot one, two hundred pounds. I mean that's a big difference there. Huh?
0: Exactly, it's a big, big difference. But fair play to both of them though, like to pick someone, let's say, who's a lot bigger than you, like, come on, you gotta have some
1: guts. Do you know what the problem is though? You were talking about how you would want football to be less soft. It's actually getting more soft. And the reason why is because they keep tinkering with the rules, they keep adding in so many more rules. And so Mm. like a player will get tapped, but if he goes down, it looks like contacts and they can get a yellow card and that gives them a competitive advantage, you know. Um, And so players are aware of that and they just exploit it. And that's why you'll never see anything like that happen in football as it is right now, because any sort of violent conduct is a red card and a suspension.
0: But that's my point though. That's a rule I'm I'm talking that they should change. Well, not necessarily change because as we mentioned, the safety of the players is very important. But you are not going to be hurt as much as you act like you are with a push or if someone steps over your foot. Like, come on. You're not you do not need to be rolling on the floor, have the medical team come over you, spray you with that eye spray. You don't need that, man. You just stand up and play. And the funniest ones are the one where um you know, someone like pushes someone, and the referee gives an advantage, and they continue playing, yeah. and they score like right after that. Like they score, the team scores like ten seconds and after, they get up. and yeah, they get up, they run, they celebrate. Like two seconds ago, this guy was out yep. cold. <laughs> that that's a funny one. That's what I like to see change. Same with the offside rule. To be fair, I think the VAR ruined the
1: offside rule. Well, go on. How so?
0: Hear yeah. me out. I think if it's a case where the individual's just running and like the tip of their finger is just in front of this individual's whole body, that should not be offside. I think if you've got both your feet over the, let's say, defender's feet, that's offside. Not if you just have like your eye or like your hair just in front of him or like your shoulders just in front of him. I think if you've got your feet past his, because it's football, it's your foot. If you have them past the individual's feet, that's a that's an offside.
1: Yeah. So what what you're saying is like if it's someone, if it's just the size of someone's fingertip, it shouldn't be offside. And on that, I agree because I believe the official rule is it has to be clear and obvious. But mm. the referees and the VAR hub, they get so into it that then they then you know they they rule it offside anyway because technically it is offside, even if it is just a fingertip. And they're always looking for the correct decision because if they get it wrong, then they get a lot of stick from the media and social media. So, yeah, I mean, it should just be common sense. That's that's what a lot of football fans are saying with a lot of these rules. It just needs to be common sense instead of so specific. Do you know what I mean? Because that that does ruin the the entertainment factor of the game because football at the end of the day, competitive sport is an entertainment package. And if there are so many rules... Which just bungs up the flow of the game, then that takes away and detracts from the entertainment value. So, yeah, something like where it is a fingertip or it's like a thread of hair. I mean, that's ridiculous if it's being given offside, to be honest. But if like their body's leaning, if it's like a striker and his body's leaning forwards, well, you could technically say that gives him an advantage because he can then sprint onto it. So, that one, I don't, Mm -hmm. if it's like his shoulder is a bit offside, but he's leaning forwards, then okay, yeah i can that's okay but if it's just like a fingertip it yeah it shouldn't be but you know that's that's how they're they're refereeing it unfortunately um hopefully that changes going forward
0: but that's exactly what i mean though like let's say if i'm facing towards let's say if you're the defender i'm the striker and i'm facing towards your goal so you have your back towards your own goal yeah um if I'm running towards the goal, yes, obviously my head's going to be forward. That's why I'm running. That's the posture of running. Let's say an individual's their posture is just to be straight up, whereas someone else's posture is to be like, you know, bent forward slightly. Uh, that's what I mean. I don't necessarily think that's offside because, firstly, that's how you run anyway. A striker is meant to run towards that direction. A defender is meant to run the opposite direction. That's so true. Their he- the head of the defender will never be towards their own goal anyway. Well, sometimes there will be. But if you think about it, realistically, it shouldn't be. The head of the striker should be bent over that way. Um, but I think it's, th- that's what I mean, the name of the sport is football. So why not measure it by where the legs are? Yeah. If the feet is past the individual's foot, like, let's say both of them, or one of them is, like, a lot, is passed by, like, a meter, okay, that's offside. But if it's like, let's say, oh, my feet are behind him, but my posture is my head's bent forward well, obviously my head's going to be forward because I'm running towards their goal. I'm not going to go backwards.
1: Yeah, I mean, one way to simplify it would be just to do it by feet. And I think that's probably fair. I mean, a lot of people will be like, no, it's not fair because everyone has a different opinion on it. But you you just need something that's universally clear. And since VAR has come in, at least in English football, it hasn't been universally clear and they keep tinkering with the rules so it's sort of like with a handball rule i mean they have always changing that one as well
0: yeah so it's just basically seeing what happens um i do like to see some changes to football as well as we mentioned um but back to our original point which was okay actually what impact does netflix even have on these sports whether it's formula one whether it's quarterback, um rugby whatever it is by making these series which i assume is in is they they collaborate with whatever organisation runs the sport on the biggest stage we talked about what positive impacts it has now could it or does it have any negative impacts
1: i think it can do because obviously you follow if it's tennis you follow certain players around on tour all year
0: mm-hmm. and
1: a big part of these series with all of them is like the narratives of those people's personal lives because you have like behind the scenes you know, aspects. And I think that can be a negative because, okay, these are people who are always in the media, but they've never had someone who has been giving such intimate access to, you know, what, what are they doing in between games, you know, at home and, you know, chilling with their partners or whatnot, like really intimate access. And I think that can be a distraction or that can be something that can play on your mind. And, I mean, of course, there, there is no such thing as a... There There was this thing that people were saying was called the Breakpoint Curse. And essentially, it was all the players who were on the show, the tennis show Breakpoint. Uh, I believe at the Australian Open, they all got knocked out early. And people were saying, oh, it's because of the show. Now, of course, listen, guys, come on. There's no such thing as a curse. But I do think it can have an impact when perhaps you're not used to having cameras in you and your family's personal life you know constantly there because they're filming 24 7 um mm. and so i guess that would be some sort of psychological impact now of course in the second series of breakpoint some of those same players came back and they were winning titles so you know you could say okay it's actually had zero impact but i do think it can be quite intrusive and Something like tennis, you know, it's it is it can be collaborative in terms of working with your coaches, but it also is quite an isolated sport. And if you've always got a camera in your face, you don't have that those moments to, or as many moments as you need to self reflect. And so, I, I think in that sense, it could could have a negative impact. What do you think?
0: Um, yeah, I mean, I agree with you in the terms of okay, like because you have someone or you have a team, a crew following you around recording whatever you do you really do try to present yourself in the best possible way if you're let's say a tennis player you you're trying to sell yourself at the end of the day so let's say if you didn't have a camera on you you probably would have been like okay well i'm gonna go have a fast food meal right now whereas you'd be like okay well but, but i meant to be competing in the bigger stage and i have a crew team recording me so let me just go on a run look like i'm you know really exercising and everything and a lot of them I think it just depends to the individual I think a lot of them the pressure could get to them as you said because for especially let's say up-and-comers obviously the veterans of the sport they're different they're kind of used to the spotlight they're used to living that life for years whereas let's say an up-and-comer it really could impact their performance because they're like okay all of a sudden this is my moment this is what I've been waiting for I need to make sure everything's perfect like They'll try to reach that perfection to a point where they'll actually fail at the main mission, which is performing the best at whatever sport they do. However, on the other hand, um, this is something you see a lot with MMA fighters, especially this is the way that UFC doesn't work. Every time there's a main event fight, obviously the social part of it the media part of it is only on the main card fighters so not on the fighters on the prelims early prelims so the let's say top five fights on the main card all the media attention goes to them that's recording documentaries of their preparation that's interviewing them multiple times throughout the week putting them on press conferences because at the end of the day they have to sell the fight anyway and when you have some fighters who barely make it into the main card going from prelims are like okay well this is such an added stress because now i have to record seven hours a day whereas before i didn't have to worry about recording seven hours a day that's for a promo let's say
1: yeah it's an added stress because you want to have all your attention on whatever tournament that you're competed in but you've got to now spend you know some of your time thinking about this camera crew that's in your face um yeah And it just affects your thinking. It's like another decision and another thought process that you have to have. Whereas I assume that what you want to be doing is minimizing those thought processes as much as you can in order to focus on the sport that is in front of you. Um, But something that was very interesting that I noticed in regards to tennis one was that the elite players, so Novak and Rafael Nadal, were not on the show. They were not interested at all in being in the show. And of course you could say, well, of course they don't need it. And, you know, for the younger players, it it exposes them to that younger generation, which will help, in theory, the sport grow. But I just found it very interesting that those top, top players had no interest in being on it. Like it it was they're not they're not in there at all. They're not interviewed once over two years.
0: Yeah, that's crazy to be fair. I mean, I assume, as you mentioned, it's a case but where... Do they actually even need it at this point? Probably not. But one thing I like to mention is honestly, when you look at all these top athletes, whether it's golf, tennis, um, Formula One, football, when you look at all these people, like let's say the top 10% of the sport. So would you count the top 10% of football people who play in the Premier League? What would you count the top 10% of tennis player? Maybe there's only 20 names that comes to mind, 30 names that comes to mind. Same with Formula One, same with, let's say, American football. Come on, you're earning millions of dollars, pound, euros. You have to take the stress. Your job is to entertain people. It is what it is. The amount of money you get to play what you enjoy, to play your hobby, to do your hobby professionally when you're one of the best at it, it is what it is. Deal with it. Can you not take the pressure? Maybe you shouldn't be as big as you are. Maybe you shouldn't be as famous as you are. Do you know what I mean? Because it's not just, as you mentioned, the essential part of sports in general is entertainment. Like, other- otherwise, there's sports going on everywhere. If you go to your local club, you'll probably see some better matches than you do in a Premier League match sometimes, rarely probably. But the sports going on everywhere. The main part of it is the entertainment. The main part of it is selling it to people. The main part of it is having a fan base. Like, And for the money you get to do what you love doing, yes, it's stressful. Yes, you have a lot of pressure on you, but that's part of the job. It's part of the job to have the spotlight on you. It's part of the job to represent the sport. It's part of the job to show, okay, this is the life of an athlete. You want to be us? This is what you have to go through.
1: Especially now, I think, if you're an elite athlete and we live in the in the age of social media, I think that's probably, you know, like you said, that is part of your job. And I, I would make the assumption that these massive contracts that they sign probably has a lot of media obligations in there where you would have to do something, you know, like like Breakpoint or Drive to Survive, for example. Um, mm. And I mean, there's not just one documentary going on, you'd probably have like, the club's probably filming it at the same time as well. So you, you have so many different obligations. But like you said, with the money that they get paid and and the way that we live in, in a social media age, y- you need to be able to deal with that pressure. That is just that is normality now. And I think we're, we're slowly shifting that way. So you know these these drivers and these tennis players and, and these american football players who have been living through you know who have been experiencing these first few seasons of these shows maybe in 10 or 20 years this will just become normal for every player which is that's crazy to think about but that's where we live that's the time that we live in
0: yeah i mean to think how much it changed because as you mentioned social media did change the sport in general not necessarily the way players have to um sell themselves but also the way the connection they now have to the audience straight away like they now have a bridge whereas before it was okay they come to the stadium you'll tell you could tell whether they boo or whether they were like oh yeah whether they cheer you okay you could tell whether it was a good game or not what you don't necessarily get that direct feedback from your audience now that direct feedback could be to do with your act maybe you're the best player but you just can't sell it or it could be the other way around. Um, Because it's important, as you said, it's important to be able to to be a marketable athlete. It's not just about being the best at it. Especially, you see this in one-to-one sports a lot of times, whether it's boxing, MMA, tennis, where you have these players. If you just go down to, as I said, local clubs even, if you just go down to clubs around your country, you have these players who are insane, who are just unreal at what they do. But... They don't even have one amateur match. They don't even have one amateur bout. The reason being is like, okay, well, you're too old. Well, you don't have an audience. You don't have a fan base. How, how are we going to market you? Um, that's the concept. Speaking of how much pressure it could have on you, though, at the other time, on the other hand of it, you have these things which could go the other way. One thing I'd like to mention, which actually would give this individual more respect than he's getting right now. So the respect he deserves is, we touched on this before as well, once again, Ilya Teporia. One thing he did before UFC 298 was, besides from the media obligation he had with the UFC, which was recording many documentaries, many series throughout the build up to the fight, he was recording his own documentary named Road to the UFC Belt, which in a way it's like manipulating or manifesting that you are getting it, obviously before the fight he didn't know whether he was going to win or not, but he was recording a documentary about how he got the belt and he put it out right after the fight.
1: I think i don't know if this is a is a positive or negative thing for sport in general though, like okay, everyone builds their their own brand you know around you know you were just saying with Taporia, you know the road to UFC title belt but what happens is it just becomes so saturated and it feels like everyone has their own brand and it feels like the focus is on that and the social media side rather than the sport whereas if we go back 15 or or 20 years ago okay maybe like you were saying that there is no direct relation between the fans and the players as much but at least you felt like the players were giving more to their sport and i think especially with something like football of course you don't want to say yes you don't want to say no you can't start your own brand and your own social media personality but at the same time with the money that you're being paid you know it, it does give fans you know reason to poke players when they're not performing and saying oh you're focusing too much on social media blah blah blah, blah. it was much simpler back then um and i feel like that listen you can't stop this because of the age that we live in and it's just going to get even deeper and deeper but it is in a way it's a little bit sad but something like something more singular like mma or boxing or even tennis but i think fighting is probably the the best example here i think hasn't it always been like that where someone has their own personal aura and their own personal brand and so in that sense The social media part of it okay perhaps it could be improved but i don't think it's as much of an issue but then that sort of trickles down into other sports like i was saying football where it it is just sad from a fan's point of view because you don't want to you don't want to you know see your player focusing so much on on this social media side of things instead of what's going on on the pitch
0: that's actually very true they do need to find a balance but as i said because we are seeing this shift from how it was to this media part of it it's actually interesting to see how these players are going to actually put some of their focus on the match some of it on the media part obviously one thing that's going to help them hopefully it's going to help them it's going to be the apple vision pro they can just wear it train record whilst they're training that's one that thing be that's
1: even worse
0: of course of course speaking of apple products now you've done something you said you're gonna do i believe we talked about it on the podcast before we've purchased an apple watch now i have and you've had it for some time now i believe you did your run with it how is it tell me
1: i got this it came a few days early um so i've had it now for over 24 hours one thing i didn't do was keep it on while sleeping so i still mm-hmm. need to do that but i have to say i mean it it has improved my life already you don't i mean you would understand actually it does take yeah. a little bit of getting used to and i haven't been through every single app but i mean firstly the heart rate monitor i'm sort of a little bit obsessed with that which i'm i'm taking i'm keeping note of that because i don't want it to become a habit where i'm constantly checking it um but in terms of running, like you mentioned, that was one of the big reasons, right, why I said I was going to get it because I wanted a everyday watch but also something where I can take my heart my heart rate for running. Um, and I used the Nikron app yesterday and it was just fantastic. And I feel like it is definitely more accurate than, um, than the phone. And I still need to use, there's an official running app, uh, Apple One, which I still need to try and we're going to compare. I'm going to do the same route and compare how it is with the Nike run app, but so for the running, it's already ticked that box. I'm very happy with it. For everyday use, very happy with it. I charged it to a hundred percent, probably, I don't know, maybe at 1 PM yesterday. Um, used it pretty much all day aside from sleeping and I'm at 23% battery now. So it's probably had 13, 14 hours of use and it's got through 75%. So battery life very good and also I mean the texting and the notifications of course this is not something that I wanted it for but I no longer have to go in my pocket and check my phone I just look (laughs) down at my wrist and I can even I just reply now I mean the first time I did it with you I I typed it out or you don't even type it out you write it out which was so long so I was like fuck that there's a microphone you just talk into it you even say like full stop and stuff and it does that and it's just yeah. perfect it's so good
0: um speaking of the actual running yes Um, uh, i believe when you do it now i have the older generation apple watch like the old ones one of the first few that came out yeah i believe when you do your runs with it or when i used to do my runs and i had it on it wouldn't show it just like the Nike Run Club, so it wouldn't actually say, "Oh, this is the route you went." Like, this is like the map. Like, it doesn't show you the map. Mine but has it the will map. Just... Oh, yours has the map. Yep. Okay, okay, okay. That's good.
1: I then. can that's go nice. on it now, and I can look at the old runs, and it will show the map.
0: Uh, not on the Nike Apple one, by the way. I'm talking about the actual official Apple app for running. Oh, the
1: Apple one. Oh, I don't know yeah, about that's what that. I, mean. I haven't used yeah, it that. Yet for me
0: it didn't have the app but i wonder if when you do your runs try to do if it doesn't have the if it doesn't have the map try to do like a similar route to the ones you do so like the one you usually do and you know your pace and you know your distance just to just so you can get like an accurate result i believe the apple one would be more accurate because obviously that's straight going from your pulse but whereas the nike vision one uh, not not vision whereas the nike run club is mostly to do with the average so that it asks your average height your your age um uh, sorry average of beats per minute for your heart and then it just goes okay any individual with the same thing would get the same result now obviously when you wear the apple watch it will be more accurate because that's actually your live uh heart rate uh but yeah i wonder if the apple one is more accurate i assume it would be but i'm not too sure actually
1: well, you know, with the, with the Nike one, I didn't even have to enter any of that information. It's very interesting. Um, so obviously when you're setting up like Apple Health on the watch, you need to put in height, weight, et cetera. Um, but it, it automatically synced. And I mean, like the the band I have, for example, around my wrist is a Nike, it's a Nike band. Like they, they have an official partnership with Apple. Um, and so I'm wondering maybe with these latest generations where, I mean like Nike Run app was already installed on there mm. so I don't know if there is a partnership there but um yeah I'm going to do I'm going to do the same run the same route as well the same pace and see how it compares but it should be very similar and you know another thing that's very cool and you'll know this is you can set certain goals so whether it's a calorie goal uh or you know exercise goal for the amount that you want to do in a day whether it's 30 minutes or an hour so it's just cool stuff like that. And um, like I said, I still haven't gone through every single app and I'm, I'm going to do that. But you can customize, you know, what watch face you have and what you have on that watch face. So right now I've got the heart rate monitor, the temperature outside, battery life and the date. So it is really cool. Really you cool. Need to and make
0: your mouse face. Come on.
1: Well, I've i got this Nike one right now, which is pretty nice, but there are a lot of watch faces, uh, and you can do that actually on your iPhone. So I will, I will have a look through that one. I did see a Mickey and Minnie Mouse, so maybe I have to try it out.
0: Yeah, that's the one where if you tap on it, it will actually say the time out loud the way Mickey Mouse speaks, like in the same same voice. Ah, you yes. know,
1: you know what though? What? Having said all of this cool thing things, mm-hmm. I do need to be careful that I don't get addicted to looking at it so that is a possibility
0: i see hear me out if you do let's say get addicted and look at it firstly is it a bad habit because okay if you look at it because you got a notification that's you probably do that anyway if you're on your phone and you get a notification yeah uh but if you just look at it throughout the throughout the day like there isn't much you could do with it other than checking your health status, other than checking your heart rate, how long you've been sitting, the calories you burn throughout the day. So even if you do get addicted, and let's say you do keep looking at those stuff, are they bad stuff to know? Not really. I mean, it's just your health status is to know how much calorie you burn, know your heart rate. Like, it's nothing
1: bad. But then you could become addicted at, let's say, hitting 10,000 steps every day and burning 600 calories every day. Do you know what I mean? So there's a possibility of mm. that. But then it's like you said, is that a bad thing to be addicted to, you know, reaching those certain goals? Not necessarily, but it's sort of in a way it's like O C D behavior, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But well, but, yeah. you know, I'm I'm looking now down at my watch instead of getting my phone out. It's not like I'm looking at both. And the only notifications I'm getting is from WhatsApp or iMessage. So I mm. had I had Instagram ones on Well, because when it was installed, it had all those notifications on. Um, And that was the first thing I did. I turned off X. I turned off Instagram. So I'm only getting WhatsApp and iMessage anyway. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, with uh, with the Apple Watch, there's one thing that
0: uh, I recommend you do. And that's the breathing reminder. I put the notification for that on because that actually helps. Firstly, your heart rate goes down properly. It's like it's every two, three hours, every couple hours, you get like a reminder from this. Uh, the apps called like I don't know air something air I think um, where you just do deep breaths and it the way it attracts your breathing is actually very interesting because it actually can guess when you're inhaling and when you're exhaling like you ah. could, could feel that um, that's very interesting I, I recommend doing that and you, you just feel better if you do that a couple of times now regarding setting goals I'd say be realistic because when I first got it I was a bit overexcited I was like Fuck it, let's set all this goals. And I was like fucking twelve hours standing a day, and I was just standing in the corner of the room like a spastic just to reach my record. <laughs> so yeah, when you are setting goals, make sure you do something that's realistic. So if you're realistically standing four hours a day, don't put twelve hours as your goal. I've already beaten my goal.
1: Me, I'm looking at it now. What was your goal? My goal is six hours standing. I've done seven.
0: Day well, today. Yeah. Your machine. Yeah, my so... one was fucking like 12 hours. I said it as 12 hours and I'm like, okay, fuck, now I need to beat this. And I was just standing in the corner of the room like a spastic doing nothing. Well, see, I told, you, to beat the
1: record. I told you earlier that I went into town. Um, yeah, oh, that's true. So that's done. My, my exercise goal was 30 minutes. I've done 48 minutes walking. So, yeah, already reached oh, that that's goal.
0: Good. That's good. That's good. How many calories you've got to burn
1: a day? My daily goal is 600 um that's not much i've done 408
0: that is well i mean considering you do runs that's not much because you do like 300 to 400 from a run anyway and yeah. if you're wearing it throughout the day going up the stairs down the stairs just walking about yeah uh you burn more anyway and you burn the most in your sleep and you're not wearing your apple watching your sleep so it well, doesn't really calculate those
1: that's something i'm looking forward to trying out the sleep feature
0: oh it's got a sleep feature on it
1: well yeah it has a sleep app
0: oh does it yeah oh i didn't even know that maybe that's just on the new ones i know my phone has a sleep app but i think that's just like you go you put it there and then it tells you now apple has this new app called like on your phone you probably have it. it's called journals it's pretty interesting uh when you go on it it could actually track the recent activities you've done Okay. So let's say, so I went to the Waltham Abbey Church in uh, February, late February, Uh, or not in February, sorry. Yeah, I don't know, early February probably. Yeah, and like, let's say you take photos, um, you go to the location whatever and then you go on the journal app like a couple days later and this app have them all linked together so that this app says oh look you went to Waltham abbey and then it marks the place you went on the map next to all the photos you take from that place that is very convenient yeah and the time and it says afternoon visit to whatever let's say wherever and you can just make a journal from it so you you tap on create it makes one and you could like write a short comment under it just ah. to say so and same with your run so when i did my run um for example the first run i did i didn't even know it goes on it i went on the app and the top suggestion was like run club app and yeah. it says Nike Run club workout afternoon run so i just added that and in the comment i just wrote, uh, i just wrote first run back since my injury like started to her, and i was out of breath that's pretty
1: much it so it's whilst, pretty interesting whilst that is cool do we need it that is the question
0: Um, you don't need it. However, however, hear me out. If you're putting down significant things you do, um, let's say from now until the end of the year, you do 30 significant things. Now that's considered going to a sports event. That's considered going to the pub with the boys. That's considered going to a concert, going to stand up comedy, going to cinema. Let's say 50, you do it from now to the end of the year. If every time you do it, you add it to the journal app. By the end of the year, yes, you've known that at a specific time in the day, in a year, you went to, let's say, a stand-up comedy event. But the moment you open this app, two seconds later, you know the exact time, the exact location, and the exact date you went to it, with the pictures you took from it, and it's just cool.
1: Yeah. Or I have a suggestion for you.
0: Hey, let me let me hear it.
1: Let me. How about? Are you ready?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: You get a Polaroid camera and you buy 50 sheets of film and you take a photo for each significant event. And then at the end of the year, you put them in a photo album and voila, you have it. But you have it physically instead of on your phone.
0: I, I see what you did there. However, can you have the date and the time for your... Well,
1: Polaroid? yes, you can. Now, what you need is an Apple pen and an Apple watch. And as you take the Polaroid photo, you look down at your Apple watch and then not sure how this would work. But then you use that Apple pen to write down on the Polaroid the time. Now, you may be thinking, well, there's no ink on the (laughs) Apple pen. But listen, it doesn't matter. Okay, it's the thought that counts. So it is throwing it out there. It is. I I see what you did there
0: i would say i'll I'll tell you that i see what you did there it is a smart smart and that's something you've been doing to be fair since when was that 2019 when you started out yeah 2018 yeah that's so for those listening basically what do you do tell them
1: i well whenever we go out if it's like like you said if we went out to like the o2 or if it's someone's birthday or if i'm on holiday and you know you you curate The photos that you take. So let's say we went on a holiday and I took 500 photos. At the end of that holiday, I'll then go through those 500 photos, pick out the best ones from specific moments or just the best photos, add them Mm -hmm. into a folder. And then at the end of the year, I'm going to print off, you know, 120 photos or 150 photos. And those will be 150 of the best photos and the best events from the year. And then I put it in a photo album. And I've been doing that since Mm. 2018.
0: Now, what would you do if you lose all of them at once?
1: Well, firstly, I'd be extremely annoyed. Um, But I do have them all on my phone.
0: I see what you did. So wait, did you then went back and put them all in a folder that you've printed? Or you just have to go over your phone and just find them by luck,
1: basically? Well, see, I did have a folder. Um, Because that's obviously how I printed them. But then I deleted the folder after. So I would have to go back through my 12,000 photos and find them. But they're there. So
0: What have you done? Why did you delete it? I have too many
1: folders on my photo app. It was just annoying me. They had to go. That
0: is true. To be fair, you have a lot of photos. I only have like 7,000.
1: Yeah, I, have, I haven't I have deleted any for like two years now. It's pretty bad. I need to go over. There's so many like stupid screenshots. I just don't need Yeah, to.
0: that's such a vibe though when you go and clear your phone. Like when you get rid of all the photos you don't need, you just feel so much better.
1: Yeah, but then it just, it takes so long and then you get a headache because you're staring at your phone for like five or six hours.
0: Yeah, it does take that long, if not longer probably.
1: Anyway, before we yeah. wrap this up, do you want to tell me what you've been watching lately?
0: Yeah. So I've started watching two series at once. Okay. One of them is Loki. Oh. However, not season two. Okay. Because I watched a bit and I'm like, I do not remember anything. I
1: okay. don't even
0: know who Loki is. Well, I do know who Loki is, but I really did not remember anything. So I went back and I started watching or rewatching season one again. I'm nearly done. Yeah. Uh, I'm looking forward to starting uh, to start season two. I know it's meant to be really good. Season one's really good, by the way. I forgot how good it was. It was For those good. who haven't watched it, it, it really is good. Now, um, the other one I've been watching is a, and you'll know this, it's a live action. Okay, let's see if you can guess it. It's a live action series uh-huh. based of an anime. Avatar. That's the one. And it's amazing. It's really good. It's Come good. On Avatar. It's it's good. I've only seen one episode. Avatar, The Last Airbender. and the, the anime itself. I mean, you can't really even call it anime. It probably is anime, but it really doesn't have that anime vibe to it. It's just like, I don't know. It's just like any other series, let's say. um, It's really good. The actual one, the original one. It's actually amazing, and I recommend to those who hasn't haven't watched it go and watch it. I think it's really old, and I think there's multiple seasons, but it's really good. Now the live action, uh, there is some controversial bits to it. Yeah, but visually it looks really good. Like visually, it actually looks insane, and I, I think heard, the cast members pretty good as well.
1: I heard they did make some changes, which made a lot of fans annoyed. So. Yeah. I I don't know what their plan is as well. Are they planning to do just one series? Are they going to adapt the whole anime into live action?
0: Well, that's what we don't know. Based of the pace, because I believe there's only one season out and the season has eight episodes. Now, based of the pace of this season, it doesn't look like it's something that's going to be wrapped up all in one season. Yeah, Because if you compare it to the original one, if you compare it to the original Avatar, uh, The Last Urban, there, there's three seasons and there's like 20 episodes per season. Now, see, the episodes yeah. are like 20 minutes, 15 to 20 minutes each. But overall, it's still 20, nearly 20 episodes every single season. Uh, and the way this is going, so the actual live action one is going, it looks like every episode is roughly an hour. And there's eight episodes but it doesn't seem like eight episodes an hour episode is enough to cover those three seasons so just by the end of episode one they just finished the introduction like all the characters and everything so whereas that's like you know within seven seasons they're not going to be able to cover the three books or the three seasons
1: they did in the animated one
0: but it is pretty good
1: so does it get your stamp of approval
0: um episode one does get my stamp of approval it really is good like honestly the quality is really good not only me and by the time i finish it i will say if it gets the coffee hour stamp of approval however you need to watch it for that as well
1: i need to well i I, i'm gonna do my test my test is i watch the first episode of something which people recommend and if it's good i continue if it's not i leave it there so it clogs up my watch next on netflix just one episode (laughs) there. Which they finally yeah. they finally introduced a feature where you can remove stuff from there, which is good. It's about time.
0: It's about time. now. You know the feature they're missing out on, which is what. Um, I may get it the in the wrong order, but you know when you go on Netflix on your phone, yep. it tells you the top ten shows and the top ten movies basically, yeah, of the week or month. Whereas if you do it on the TV. It doesn't tell you the top 10 shows or the top 10
1: series. No, it it does. But, okay, here's what you need to do. You need to go to the tab which says new and popular. And then when you go there, it will have a whole list of what's new, a whole list of what's popular, and then it will have top 10 TV shows in the UK, top 10 films in the UK. And then it'll also have, you know, what's coming next week and then what's coming this year. So you have to go to the new and popular tab. I do see
0: what you did there.
1: You just figured out Netflix
0: right in front of our eyes. That's how we do it, man. Yeah, absolute legend. Uh, What have you been watching? Tell me.
1: I have also been watching Loki. um, And I can confirm for you that season two is good. I'm not sure if it's better than season one yet. But Mm -hmm. so I just I've watched the first three episodes out of six and episode three was set. In the 19th century, which was pretty cool. So we went back in time. Um, and I'm not sure where it's going, but I have to say, I think, you know, out of the recent Marvel offerings that they've had in TV and film, this is one of the strongest ones from the past few years, which of course it always was because if anyone has seen Loki season one, they know that it was really good. So I've been watching that. And mm-hmm. I also recently rewatched a film called Gone Girl um with my partner and that's a fucked up film but i'm telling you it's a good film if you if you haven't seen it watch it and if you have seen it you know what i'm talking about that was a good one the netflix original no not the netflix original what are you talking about
0: it is a netflix original is it not no or it should be on netflix
1: it is on netflix but it's not a netflix original
0: I th- i think i know it the one with ben affleck as well
1: Yep, Ben Affleck and Rosamund Pike, Um, they're like, they look like this really happy couple. And on their anniversary, Rosamund Pike goes missing and it looks like Ben Affleck has killed her. Oh, yeah.
0: Has he? Well, actually, you got
1: to watch. <laughs> you got to watch. I can't answer that.
0: It sounds like all the gods are against him.
1: Yeah, but uh, yeah, watch it because it's yeah. a fucked up film but it's really good and is it
0: what are we considering a fucked up film visually bad like the boys or what what are you considering No, no, no. Fuck... The,
1: the plot and the decisions okay. that certain characters make and the way that certain characters present themselves and also yeah where the story can go at points it's like damn that's fucked up you're like mm. damn that's smart but damn that's fucked up
0: okay okay i see i see what you did there I see what you did there. So I'll All watch right, it man I'll watch that. Alright.
1: Shall we wrap this up? Let's do this. I have been your host, William Code. I'm your host, Arsha. And thank you for listening to Coffee Hour.
0: Well, we shall see you on the next one. Take
1: care. Take care.